You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. My guest today is Rich Teplitsky. He is the Director of Public Relations for KGB Texas, which is a uh, very large PR firm in San Antonio. Uh, He is the Chair-Elect for the PRSA Technology Section. He previously served in senior PR roles at a number of companies, including Alcatel, Lucent, and Bell Labs, Monster.com, and Dell. I am pleased to have him with me on this podcast recorded at the 2009 PRSA International Conference. Thanks for being here, Rich. Thank you, Eric, and uh, delighted to be able to speak with you this afternoon. So this is going to be a special episode about social media policy. Uh, So many uh, of us um, have thought about surrendering control to the organization, but if you surrender control, how do you give people in the organization practical guidelines that show them what the rules of the road are for social media engagement as a responsible employee, but practically so that it doesn't interfere with their ability to use these channels to organize social gatherings with their friends, what have you. Um, So how do you attack it? Well, you know, it's an interesting interesting challenge, Eric, because most companies don't want to stifle the creativity and the employee experience, but they also realize that there's an expectation of, um, you know, responsibility that comes with that. So when we counsel with companies and clients, we really tell them at first is social media policy really needs to be an extension of what your uh, code of conduct is. A policy starts with your employee handbook, your communications policy, or your PR policy, and think of the policy as an addendum to those. The same rules that apply for proper use of email, networks, uh, cell phones, and so forth wouldn't be much different than we expand to a social media policy. So we start with those rules of engagement first. But there's a lot of gray areas because, for example, I mean, when I go to lunch with my friends at the company, I consider that my conversation that I'll have with them over the table is not privy to the professional code of contact, that that's not regulated by the company, that if I want to rib my fellow employee and call them names, or if I, it's a big organization and I'm single and I want to hit on somebody that I work with you know, at lunch or off hours, that's, I figure that's cool because you know, it's happening in a social environment. And as long as I'm not, you know, um, um, as long as I'm not harassing anybody... You know, I figure that that may be okay. But when we think about social media, it's, they're essentially media channels that we conduct the same activities through. But instead of just happening and being hearsay, you know, at a lunch spot or at the mall, um, they're happening in an environment where they're recorded and aggregated and can be searched. So, you know, how do you, particularly with an audience uh, of digital immigrants who, you know, were not born with these things, how do you come up with a practical policy that you can enforce that actually protects a company and, and, and gives a clear delineation for employees of what is and is not permissible? Well, you're exactly right. We're not given a, a driver's license test or anything when we're given these great technology tools we have today that we, we're beginning to take for granted. Um, what we need to do is establish the basic rules of engagement. Um, in terms of personal time and company time, 
the best practices in, in social media policies have been founded on when you do and when you don't and when it is appropriate and not appropriate to identify yourself, to self-identify yourself as an employee. If you're doing um, a lunch meeting and you're tweeting and, and whatnot, that's your time and it's your business. But if you're doing the same thing but you're responding to some negative criticism about your company, I think that you have a right and the companies need to give their employees guidance about when they need to identify themselves as being an employee of the company. Um, same thing with blogging and so forth. So the rules of engagement are important. An enforceable policy starts with the expectation of transparency. And once we identify when it is appropriate or not appropriate for uh, individuals in an organization to self-identify themselves, that helps them clarify the difference between what is personal communications and what is company communications. So let's say I give you a hypothetical. So the, there's the company barbecue. It's the summer barbecue, and uh, I'm there with my BlackBerry, and I take a picture of my friends and me, and I post it on Facebook. Is that okay? Can I do that? Well, I think it would depend upon you being able to get permission from your coworkers that they feel comfortable with you doing that. Uh, there is a, a, a degree of an expectation of privacy um, when we engage in social activities, and I, I see this all the time. Um, it, it also depends upon the generational expectations. I call it DEEP, or the demographic expectations and engagement and participation of a younger audience. And as newer people come into the profession and uh, begin to enter the workforce, their expectation of being able to post Facebook and, and other uh, social media pictures and recordings and so forth is different than an older worker. So I think it really depends upon uh, their comfort level of, hey, you know, I'm going to put this on Facebook great, wonderful, and the expectation of that. Um, as a company policy, you know, is it going on an official Facebook page? Not necessarily. And if it is, do you have those permission of those employees to do that? So you're saying before I post that picture, I take the picture, before I post it, I've got to have everybody's permission that's in the picture. To specifically have everybody's permission would be impractical, but I th would think that if you're in a social setting with other employees and somebody pulls out a, uh, an iPhone or a camera, they would probably imagine that something like that's going to end up on Facebook. So it's a double-edged sword, Eric. Um, you know, I think our expectation of privacy has changed, and uh, you do have to respect uh, you know, other employees' privacy as well. Um, it starts with teaching our employees responsible behavior. And if you do that and you explain the code of conduct, it's no more an invasion of privacy than it would be to discuss uh, an employee's uh, performance or anything else that you wouldn't post. It really depends upon having good common sense and what is appropriate workplace behavior. What if I am a regulated company? Mm -hmm. what, what should I have in my policy to protect me from running afoul of government regulations? Well, we've had an unprecedented amount of uh, regulatory change in this industry, specifically things like Reg FD with the SEC and the other challenges that people in PR and investor relations have had. Those rules expand into social media realms. It's just another channel. So things that we wouldn't feel appropriate discussing as material information wouldn't be any different uh, tweeting about them than it would be picking up the phone and calling a financial analyst and disclosing them. So the same rules of the road uh, apply for... Uh, public companies as it regards to material or information. Uh, certainly, it's important to have companies recognize the fact that those people who are privileged to those um, material types of information 
understand the policy both as it pertains to traditional public relations and investor relations and as it expands to you know newer technologies and social media so the rules aren't different it's just we have to take into account the fact that there are additional channels by which those rules can be broken do i have to be nice like if i'm an employee of a company and i want to be rude can i be rude or if i'm rude do i somehow damage the reputation of the company that i work for by association well, would you be rude to an employee in your office, or would you be rude to a competitor? Um, there I is, might. I mean, I yeah. might, and I could think of situations where, in in social situations where people mm-hmm. are rude, sometimes they'll be maybe two competitors at a party. They mm-hmm. won't say hi, how are you? They'll just sort of look at each other, but then avoid each other. I mean, that'd be pretty common. Or if there's two rivals at a company that are both gunning for a promotion, they may not be so friendly to each other. So, you know, can they can that same level of competition, Mm -hmm. you know, prevail online? Or if I do that online and I've listed in my profile that I work for a certain company, Mm -hmm. could I then damage the reputation of the company by association? Well, I think it gets back to the employee code of conduct. A lot of companies, corporations, public and private, regardless, have policies about how you approach uh, public criticism about your own employees and, and about the competitors. Again, this gets back to my earlier comment that social media policies need to be an expansion or an extension of employee code of conduct. It's one thing to be competitive. It's another thing to be competitive and not nice. And I think that those rules and those ethics have to come from the person themselves. Have we seen violations time and time again? Of course we do. Um, People need to think before they hit the send button or the enter button, and the uh, decorum is really what's important here. You don't necessarily have to be nice, but you certainly have to play by the rules by which your company has established how we expect our employees to behave and and manage and maintain the reputation of our firm. Big company, 20,000 plus. Um, How long is it going to take for them to get all the stakeholders on board, get the draft out, vote on it, make the changes, clear legal, clear HR, clear marketing, clear IT. What, how long is that cycle? If you want to wind up with a policy that can be instituted into the HR manual and have the buy-in of all the right stakeholder groups. Well, I think the most important thing is, as you say, bring the stakeholders to the table first. That shortens the cycle. Because How long is that going to take at 20,000 people in the company? Well, think about the stakeholders, Eric. You have human resources, you have public relations, you have marketing, you have legal, you have um, you know, the executive team or the officers. Um, I don't think that it needs to be casts of thousands, but you need to have a representative at the table that's empowered from each of the critical corporate centers in an organization and bring them to the table. And But bring them to the table in a constructive way, which is bring them to the table with a framework in mind so that their concerns can each be addressed. You can't give them a blank sheet of paper and lock everybody in a room and expect to bang out a social media policy in an afternoon. But at least give them a framework saying, here's some of the best practices. We've looked at some other companies. We've seen what works and what doesn't. There is no time frame on this, but the more you can facilitate success in this area and be ready to go to the table with the stakeholders with an idea of where you want to head, the better it's going to be in terms of the end result and how quickly you can implement a policy. By the way, as a resource for our listeners, um, there's a website called The New PR. It's at thenewpr.com. It's a wiki. It was uh, put up by a guy by the name of Constantine Bastura, and uh, he's got a page on there uh, for blogging policies. There's an index of maybe 30 different uh, policies that are publicly available that you can look at. I'm not saying that you should just take those and snap them onto your organization, but at least you can get a feel 
for what some other organizations are doing. I'll just throw that out there. Um, where can where can people find you, Rich? Well, uh, certainly you can reach me through uh, KGB Texas, which is uh, at KGBTexas, all on word, dot com, and you can click through and find my link on there. Uh, and also a very, very good resource in addition to Constantine's site is uh, the PRSA tech section, um, of which Eric mentioned um, be, will be chairing in 2010, has a Ning site. So if you go to uh, a Ning, N-I-N-G, and put in PRSA technology, we have a very uh, comprehensive section with a lot of resources uh, and also ways to ping the group, which uh, consists of people who are both in the tech section and friends of, ping the group and ask us questions. We're really, really good at providing counsel and best practices, uh, so feel free to uh, you know, rely on us as a resource as well. Rich Tiplitsky, Director of Public Relations at KGB Texas, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Eric. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.